Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me as always is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug Tilly. Bow, 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 number one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Mo, it's very exciting. Uh, we're back twice in as many months. I, know. I mean, technically. Technically, that's the case because we're actually recording this in August still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the. The best kind of being right is technically being right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. After the raucous reception to the return of No Budget Nightmares on our most recent episode uh, on uh, Zilla Foot. Is that what the movie was called? Zilla Foot. Yeah. On Zilla Foot. Uh, we're back once again. And uh, as you know, we were very explicit on our previous episode, which is that um, we're working around life things. We're working around the state of the universe things. We're going to try to keep it going once monthly, and hopefully we can stick to that. It might not always be the case. Hey, maybe if it's going really well, it could be more than once monthly, but let's uh, we're trying to, to, to stay as reasonable as possible to keep everyone in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, how are you doing? You know what? Aside from my constant state of illness, um, which, you know, long-time listener, listeners of the show know is you know, perpetual at this point. Uh, other than that, I'm doing okay. I mean, I can't really complain too much, you know? Oof. I, I, I mean, and, you know, and that's that's coming from a guy who has to spend every day in a kindergarten class listening to raucous children being crazy. Do you think you got you get sick because you're spending all this time among children? Of course, of course. Yeah, without they're a doubt. filthy. These yeah. fucking filthy kids. Oh my god! I, I don't know. What, I don't know what people do with them. Frankly, I, I uh, mean, either. I've I've got yeah. two of my own, and I I wish I could yeah. give them back. <laughs> <laughs> Not legally binding, whatever we just said. Uh, Mo, you are sick, as you said. It's a usual thing. Uh, but also, uh, recently, the state of Florida. Um, wonderful place I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you guys got fucking walloped by some uh, weather, by some nasty uh, wind. You know what the funny thing is? Is that like, I I was expect like so so the county that I work in in the school system, um, closed for the day, uh, the day that we were all supposed to get hit really hard, and right. it was nothing, like. Uh. Like I woke up to the grass being slightly wet and there being kind of a nice breeze. And I'm like, oh, I could have gone to work today, but they closed the damn school, you know? So yeah, we, I mean, we got walloped all right. I mean, I'm sure there are places that did get hit fairly hard, but my area definitely didn't. Well, I mean, as much as I want to hear about your area, Mo, I think maybe <laughs> we should talk about a movie on this episode of No Budget Nightmares. 
it, you know, on the first episode of our return, Mo, you chose the movie. You, I'm sticking my finger out right this very fucking second. <laughs> yeah. You, no. Mo Porn, chose Zillafoot for us to watch. You're like, Doug, whatever you're thinking, this movie is the one to watch. Yeah, and um, I didn't say and that, it didn't work out for us. It worked against us. Mo. Yeah, yeah. I believe what I said was, you know, this has been sitting on my shelf for a while and I haven't watched it yet. Let's give this one a go. Yeah, and, on VHS. Uh, yeah, sitting there. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now in disdain. <laughs> um, well, uh, th- yeah. that movie, uh, listeners might remember, was was uh, released by Sub Rosa Studios (SRS), and so I thought, Mo, why not let this studio, I mean, or releasing company or whatever, uh, redeem itself? So I chose a Sub Rosa Studio movie for us to watch this time, Mo. Mm. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if that worked out for. For the both of us. It was a very, very different kind of movie. What movie are we watching today, Mo? We are watching 1990s Blood and Steel. Blood and Steel from the year 1990, the year of our Lord, the year the punk broke. Directed mm-hmm. and written by the great Mark Sweatland, Mo. The great, for sure. And starring Mark Sweatland. We're going to talk about Mark today. Uh, he's an, he's kind of a personal hero of mine after watching this movie. And Mo, I'm not really exaggerating. God, I like this fella, Mark Sweatland. Uh, you know what? I uh-huh. There was a lot of stuff that I like. I didn't realize who he was in the movie at first. And then there was that one point where I had to, because I didn't realize, I thought he was just the director. I didn't realize sure. he was in mm-hmm. the movie. You know, so at one point I had to IMDb stuff to find out what one of the characters' names was, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, and then I saw that he was playing the main character, who of course is named Mark Sweatland. Right. It was kind of a dead giveaway, but now that you mention it, yeah. Well, I mean, I hadn't got they hadn't said his last name yet. They had, and there were four characters in this movie named Mark. So I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, it's a great name. Obviously, the director it, thinks so. Yeah, the, the director clearly thinks so. <laughs> You know, but yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. Like I'm, I'm very impressed. So for those who don't know about Mark Sweatland, which included me up until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it included <laughs> me until like three days ago. Uh, Mark was a martial arts instructor in the 1980s, late 1980s in particular, and decided that he wanted to make a film that was a tribute to the work of Bruce Lee, which will become very obvious once we start talking about it. And he was an actor for a little while. He also appeared in the 1991 film American Shaolin as... He's credited as Bruce Lee. I don't have any memory of that. Mo, do you remember ever seeing this movie, American Shaolin? No, I've never seen it. Now, I have seen it. I watched it on VHS back in the 1990s. And oh. actually, there's some notable stuff about it, including that the choreography for it was done by Corey Yoon, who was one of the... Seven Little Fortunes with Jackie Chan and Samuel Hung, mm. all those people. But what I remember most about it, Mo, is that it uses the song, you know the song Summertime Blues? Yeah. Well, there's a part in it where he gets, I think, all the monks to start singing that uh, uh, that instead of it being Summertime Blues, it's Shallon Temple Blues. Classic. That happens in the movie, I believe, American Shallon from the year 1991. But that's really the only other Mark Swetland credit that's out there. Unless you count something that I discovered very recently, Mo, which I immediately shared with you, which is that he got out of the whole kung fu game <laughs> in the 1990s. <laughs> Unfortunately, he got out of the filmmaking game, too. Uh, and then he got into safe cracking. He's a safe cracker professional, like lock picker, safe cracker. Still in New York, where this film was uh, was uh, obviously filmed. Oh, and in fact, yeah. he was part of a TV program on, I guess, Court TV in the early 2000s. 
uh, a show called Impossible Heists. He was part of that that was filmed uh, in Toronto, Canada. So I got yeah, I, I got to th- look that up. Yeah, I, I was actually looking for clips today to see if I could see what it looked like. Uh, he is on Facebook. I don't want to bother him on there because uh, right. I'll because inevitably I'll find out something terrible about it, which makes me regret ever following him in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's definitely happened more than once to us. Speaking of micro budget action uh, legends on the No Budget mm. Neighbors podcast, you actually alerted me to some unfortunate news lately, Mo. Yeah, uh, so, so uh, while yeah, bring I'm, the tone down. I had something really fun and cool to talk about. Now let's, yeah, let's, let's hear let's something bring, really. Let's bring the tone downer. right down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was watching the movie and I, uh, and, and, and it kind of hit me. I'm like, this reminds me a lot of the uh, the Sean Gallimore movies that, or well, we've only covered once, but I've seen three or four, two or three, however many. He's, I think we I've covered seen Vampire. Fucking, what was it, Vampire? Something Slayer Hunter, Vampire Hunter, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's probably most famous for um, for the film he did called Fight Ring, I think, is it's called. I think it's called. Um, but anyway, uh, while I was looking it up, I noticed an end date, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. And I and I looked it up, and yeah, it turns out that Sean Gallimore passed back in 2021, and you know, and and like, I, I. I, as soon as his name popped into my head, I'm like, I, I immediately thought, yeah, I haven't seen him on Facebook much lately, and now I know why, and and it's it's really sad, you know. Yeah, he, super he was, sad. He, yeah, he was friend of the show. Uh, he he really enjoyed, uh, you know, listening to us. I mean, I know he was he was big <laughs> in the animation, uh, in, in you know, in the animation circles, even more so than he was in low budget cinema you know he did his handful of movies but really he did a ton of work in animation yeah and with disney right with disney yeah yeah like so he, i mean yeah, like he, he was a, a recognized name in that field and it's yeah. you know for those who you know have been with us for a long time and they remember that film with sean gallimore uh like in that movie he not only was a martial artist but he also did like um paintings like kind of it's like <laughs> erotic superhero yeah. type painting, but like obviously had tons of talent at that. But I mean, uh, someone who used their art and was also like someone who was obviously very committed to martial arts and, and fitness. And yeah, I mean, probably if you look at photos, even from the last few years, just one of the, the most fit people that you could probably imagine, For which is real. why I think it was yeah. such a shock to so many people. Yeah. It's just, it's just a shame, you know, but he was a good guy. Um, you know, he, it's just sad to see him go. Sad to see him. Uh, let's dedicate. I know this we're episode. a couple. I know we're a couple. A couple years late, but hey, let me try saying I, that again. I know we're a couple <laughs> years late, but you know, still better late than never. Well, in terms of putting your martial arts aspirations on film um, or video, at the very least, we'll dedicate this episode to Sean Gallimore because, in yeah. some ways, like you said, Mo, Blood and Steel, it's a similar kind of idea. It's about someone who is like, I love martial arts movies. I love Bruce Lee. I want to be that. I want to try to be that in a movie. And I want to literally be that. <laughs> I want to literally be, maybe not as literal as I suppose in American Shaolin where he literally <laughs> plays Bruce Lee, but in here is as close as humanly possible considering that we're talking about a, you know, a blonde guy with a bowl cut from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Mo, before we get into talking about the movie proper, I want to talk about how the movie looks. Well, how would you describe the look of this movie? Um, grainy 
uh-huh. obviously shot on film. I think I think you had said it was shot on what sixteen. I read that it was shot on sixteen, but if someone told me it was shot on eight millimeter, I would believe. I would definitely. Be surprised. It, you know what it looks like is that that bloody muscle builder movie. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, yes. It, very it has a much. very similar film grain to that. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, you know, it, it also looks a little bit like the dead next door, right? I mean, it's got right. that kind of look to it. So I believe it. Uh, I mean, it's perfectly watchable and it's actually, it kind of makes it a little cooler. You know what I mean? Especially because we're talking about I, a movie made back in 1990. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, I, I was down for the whole movie. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Even, you know, maybe some of the style choices, not so much, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, the film grain for sure. Definitely. Uh, you know, cause, cause. I don't know. There, there is a certain quality that comes with things being shot on VHS, which I really do enjoy. But nothing beats, you know, something shot on actual film. It's something that we were actually talking about with Zillafoot to a certain extent. In that, one of the things that that movie reeks of is lack of effort. You know what I mean? Where it was taking yeah. the easy route a lot of the time, where when you're working with film, there is no easy route, right? Right. And, and that's, I think, is one of the things that separates it. You can tell when you watch this movie, whether you like it or not, that people have put some tremendous effort into making this look as good as they can possibly make it. And I think it really comes through, and I think it gives it an extra charm. I mean, honestly, a lot of the shot-on-video work of the 90s has it, too, because, again, it wasn't easy. It's not like you could just import it into Premiere Pro and start cutting away. No. You still have to, you know, you, you if you're going to start that process and you're going to finish it, there's going to be a lot of challenges in between. Yeah, and I, and I got to admit, this movie took, oh, man, like a decent amount of time to really suck me in, you know? Um, but once, once you get there, you're like, okay, I'm in, I am in for this ride. It starts very slow though. <laughs> well, let's talk about how it starts. Mo. What, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the, what's the first thing that happens in blood and steel? So the first thing we see is the movie, op- you know, the, the movie opens up on a woman who is going for a, a nighttime swim. Um, and my, my notes say, holy shit, this is grainy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's dark, right? <laughs> yeah. Mo she's, she, Mo, she's bathing in an above-ground pool. Yes. Have you ever spent uh, a lot of time in an above-ground pool? I grew up with an above-ground pool. What? Yeah. How was I that? Was, I, I, man, you, you know, I'll tell you what, though. The, uh, the neighbors behind me didn't like it the three times it exploded open. <laughs> <laughs> We kept cannonball. We, we kept we kept letting our dogs go into it, and they would nick the the lining. And the next thing you know, the whole thing would just go woof. And we lived at the top of a hill, okay. so so it would just explode and just drain into our neighbor's yard, and just would just turn it into a goddamn swamp for like four days. It was great. Well, you know what? If they didn't want to get flooded by your pool, they should have moved somewhere else. That's what I say. Exactly. Exactly. Mo, this is a woman. uh, She's swimming in an above-ground pool uh, in a very modest bathing suit. And uh, her husband is inside their their house. And he's Mm -hmm. listening to the radio, drinking a beer. A real man's man. That's what a man would do. And Mm -hmm. um, he does call out to his wife and asks, where's Kathy? And his wife says that she's on her way over, which establishes something that's about to happen. Who are these people? Mo, do you know who these people are? Um, Okay, well, the the gentleman is named Mark. Mark. Um, But not Mark Swetland. And then the I wouldn't get too attached to Mark, by the way. Yeah, don't yeah, don't get too attached to Mark. And then the woman is named uh Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. 
That's um, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, like you said, he asks about Kathy and she says, oh, she's coming. And then we get kind of a cool shot of like a silhouette uh, of a man who appears in front of the camera. So it's obviously, you know, this guy's a bad dude, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I said, I, I say it's just some jabroni in a ski mask, but mm-hmm. you know, it is a guy and, um, it's kind of like this whole opening has a very slasher feel to it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, like actually the, the tone of the movie in the opening is very fucking different from the tone of the movie for the entire second half. Uh, cause it's not a slasher movie. No, there's one slasher scene and then <laughs> yeah. the rest of the movie is like a Kung Fu action film works for me. So yeah. we see her, we see her swimming around and Mo at some point she, uh, rests against the back of the pool or to the edge of the pool. And the man is watching her and she puts her foot up, you know, Quentin Tarantino style. And she <laughs> makes, she makes this sound. That was her due to doing Mo. That was her due to doing for sure. Yeah. Hey, not all the sound clips are going to be classic. <laughs> let me let me pull back the curtain a little bit. When I'm like, because um, if Mo said that he wanted a certain sound clip that I didn't have, no problem, I would grab it. But for the most part, I just send you a list of the sound clips I'm going to do. And yeah. when I first start a movie that I haven't seen before, I don't know what's right. Maybe there won't be very much at all. So maybe I'm a little I I'm a little trigger happy early on. <laughs> I get more selective as we get to the end of the movie. That's true. <laughs> So she's relaxing against the back of the pool, and at one point he like goes to reach for her, the killer, and she like swims off. She doesn't even know that he's there. And then what happens, Mo? Uh, She gets to the other side. Um, We get a jump scare of a cat (laughs) making noise, which immediately becomes another quote unquote jump scare of the guy in the mask popping up and slicing the woman's throat. Uh, in, in a not terrible effect. I mean, it's the classic, you know, blood with the hose and then, you know, or the knife with the hose and the blood comes out as he, as he does the slicing motion. There's no prosthetics on the neck or anything like that, but it looks fine. It, it looks, looks com- fine. Completely it, usable. Yeah. This is not a gore soaked movie, though. There are some no. notable moments of gore that will come a little bit later. We then cut to a car. Uh, Mo, and this car is a woman driving at night, and this is Kathy, who the husband had mentioned earlier, and she arrives at the house, Mo, and what does she see? Uh, she, it's funny how she, like, she seems to notice that Judy is dead. Yes. Before actually running up and seeing the body and screaming. But she finds the body of Judy, she screams, she runs inside, and she finds Mike, who is on the floor. Um, See, he's not Mark. He's Mike. Oh, is he Mike? I think I have Mike down. But look, this is another thing, listeners, that you are going to discover as we play more sound clips. Everyone in this movie has a ridiculous Buffalo, New York accent. And I can say that because I'm married to someone from Buffalo, New York. A ridiculous accent. And sometimes it's a little hard. (laughs) Did you notice that they say use all the time? Like use guys? Use guys. Anyway, ridiculous people in Buffalo is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> it's not like Pennsylvania where they say yins, but, you know, whatever. But what I'm trying to get at, Mo, is whether his name is Mike or Mark, it doesn't matter. It doesn't He's fucking, fucking matter. Dead. He's dead. He's dead on the ground. You know, it's funny. Like, I thought there was a big pool of blood around him, but then later we found out that he had his neck broke. 
Well, you can bleed from a neck break, probably. Right, um, the blood will come pouring out of your uh, mouth, almost sure. certainly. So, maybe, maybe the killer went to town after breaking his neck. You know how they go. Yeah, killers <laughs> play around his blood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Slip around on his guts. She sees him, uh, Mike, dead on the ground, and then what happens? So she starts to run, but runs directly into the into the ski mask guy, um, and puts up a surprisingly decent fight. You know. Uh, she ends up running to the kitchen. She finds a knife. She stabs the fucking dude. She uh, like really, uh, you know, what? give this movie credit. In any other movie of that era, she would have been a total victim. But man, she really gives him one. She yeah, she fucking she fucking <laughs> one twos him. You know, she stab yeah, she stabs him right in the fucking shoulder, um, and then manages to get out to her car and struggles with her keys because you got to build suspense. You know, hey, I get it. Yeah. Uh, the guy ends up, um, the guy ends up catching up to her, grabs her, you know, by the shirt or the neck or whatever, but she gets the car going and off she goes. And then the killer just looks on frustrated, yeah, but he's he, remember, you just remember he has the knife still embedded in himself. This is right. the sound he makes as he pulls it out. Also the same sound I make when I'm constipated. <laughs> and then he yells out, I'm going to make you a guy masterpiece. <laughs> he kind of looks like that guy. The little bit, yeah. And I like, I, so, so now we get the opening credits. And the one thing I noticed about the opening credits was that some of them explode for no yes. reason. They which do explode is for no reason. Amazing. And uh, and as the credits were rolling, the, the only thing I could really think of is that Al McCracken had to be a fake name. But then it turns out it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay. I would sus- I would suspect, Mo, that these opening credits were made more recently than the rest of the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. They the- look 150 times, quote unquote, better. Yeah, I think this actually this movie was only released by Subrosa Studios like earlier this year. It's available wow. to watch on Tubi, by the way, which we'll mention again at the end of the episode. Uh, so I don't know when this was added to it, but it feels like with the lens flares and stuff, who knows? And that's another thing. I don't know about the release history of this movie and if there's VHS mm. copies that were released at the time. I believe that, the, that uh, there was an article I was reading from 2005 about the lock picking and things like that, which mentioned the movie. So it avail- it was available in some capacity previous to that, but it does feel like some of the music in this was added later. I think it was maybe finished and put together, maybe polished a little bit on this release. I don't know how it compares to the other, but I, it's not generally distracting. I will say right. that there is a couple of things that feel like they're missing from the plot, which might have explained its sketchy release history. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice, Mo, even though it does have like a writer-director star credit for Mark, that the the credits like explode most like the biggest explosion is for the uh, credit for the creators of the opening titles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love had, that. I hadn't noticed that, but that's fucking hilarious. It's like when like there's an editor credit and and suddenly the movie just does a bunch of quick fucking cuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, buddy. <laughs> well, there's nothing really notable. Lord's work over here. <laughs> there's nothing really notable about the credits aside from that. And then we move right into Mark, the real Mark, our star and director Mark's house. What's he all about? Um, he's kind of a dick. 
Oh, or, or at least his first, at least the first impressions are like so. Yeah, he, you know, we he's listening to some, you know, Joe Jackson, Oingo Boingo sound, a new wave, whatever, and. Um, you know, he's tying his shoes and he goes to bring his dog out for a walk and he's like yelling at his dog. He's kind of mean to his dog. I have he's very to say. mean to his dog. He yells at his dog like three times in the in like the first like five minutes of meeting him. And I'm like, calm down, dude. And his dog is talented, by the way. He can do tricks and shit. We see him do it. Yeah, his dog rules. Yeah. All dogs what, rule. What does Mark look like? <sighs> All right. Mark's a uh, pretty average looking dude, honestly, like yeah, with the sure. exception of a couple of features. Um, he is built, you know, he's a fighter, um, and, uh, pretty normal (laughs) (laughs) dress, but he's got the stupidest haircut I have seen since my third grade elementary school class. Um, man, it's, it's bad and it changes constantly. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Like it's like, I did notice that his hair style changes between scenes, between cuts. It's fucking wild. Like he, like later he shows up and his hair's plastered down to his head and two seconds later, it's like three inches longer. Anyway, yeah, it reminds me is... Mo, of the haircut of the lead in Dead is Dead, our previous no budget nightmare from years and years ago. Had a very similar kind of hair style. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, and, okay. And we mentioned that quite a bit on that episode, and I did mention to you also that the star and director of Dead is Dead tried to follow me on Facebook like a couple weeks ago. I had just decided, you know what, <laughs> I am going to let him follow me, and then it disappeared. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that movie's all right. So, Mark, yeah, average looking guy. Weird hairstyle, blonde fella, but obviously in shape. I want to mention something right up front, Mo, which is that how is he such a great martial artist? Like, we've never given, like, his background that he's a martial arts expert. He just happens to be great, not just great at martial arts, better than anyone else in the world. But we've never <laughs> told why that is. He doesn't have, like, a master or we're not no, told that he, he spent yeah, his entire life. Yeah, we're not told anything about a master, but there is one mention... Or there's a couple of mentions about previous uh-huh. martial arts tournaments and stuff, but he did mention that Judy and Mike used to do tournaments with him a lot. Yeah, which is weird that they couldn't defend themselves, but you know, well, they were taken by surprise. They, of course, yes, it was a, so uh, scared by a cat. Mark's torturing his dog, <laughs> being an asshole, and God. someone rings the doorbell. Mo, who who rings the doorbell? Well, it's not mm-hmm. Kathy, unfortunately. No. Um, it is Marie. Marie. Who is Mark's significant other. Yes, though I did not realize that until much later in the movie. Uh, because he when kisses she comes her in as soon as she him. walks through the door. What? I mean, it's, yeah. The first thing he does is he gives her a hug and then pecks her on the lips. He, well, he, he gives her the hug, but the hug is very awkward. It's very <laughs> or The kiss is even more awkward. Well, she says that she has something very, very important uh, to say to him, and this is when he yells at the dog again, and I did write down in my notes that it was very mean. This is what she has to say. Now tell me, what's the matter? Babs, that would be better if I told you Judy and Mike are dead. What? Kathy found them last night. Oh my God. Oh dear God, no! <laughs> I mean, look, it's a dramatic moment, so I don't yeah. mean to laugh. 
And Mark is giving it, right? He's he's obviously really pouring some emotion in, but Jesus, that Marie performance is something. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I my notes say Marie has a hell of a career ahead of her. <laughs> Doing what? Not acting. <laughs> so Mark's really upset. I don't want to to discount the moment. I, uh, oh. We find out that um, Judy is his sister, and Mark mm-hmm. was her husband. Uh, uh, Wait, I said Mark that time, and it's actually Mike. So yeah. I guess I'm making the same mistake as you. Yeah, well, uh, but you did yeah. the same thing in your notes too. You you said Judy and Mark are dead. Yeah. Well, look, I, my note. You're not supposed to be looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's definitely Mike. She said Mike in the quote too. But yeah, so Judy is Mark's sister, and Mike uh, was Judy's husband. They're both dead. He's obviously very upset about it. So you, do you do you want to do you want to you want a glimpse into my mind in this please, moment in the film? Please, I was a hundred percent convinced that Mark was the killer at really? this point because oh, he was such a prick that I thought he did it. Boy, was I wrong! <laughs> He's actually supposed to be the infallible good guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but when you're going to establish how great he is, having him yell at a dog. Not a great way. Not a great way to uh, to endear himself right Get early. Get out of here. <laughs> like, fuck you, good guy. So Mark naturally has a lot of questions about what the fuck happened with his sister, why someone would have murdered her and her husband. And Marie, uh, I will, I'll spare you how she says this. She says that their friend Kathy, remember Kathy? She was chased and she drove away. Uh, I she do has the remember answers. Kathy. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if you noticed that we get a nice close-up of Mark making a fist. It looks just like that Arthur meme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, and Mark goes upstairs and gets changed. Uh, and Marie looks at the photo, like you said, of, of um, Judy and Mike in a martial arts, uh, like, geese and shit, standing with trophies. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. The, it kind of, I thought at first, like, it was setting up, oh, someone is... is um, chasing down all like these martial arts experts, but that's not what's going on either. <laughs> not at all. No. So what do we see next, Mo? Uh, so at this point, I'm fucking confused as shit. Cause we cut to some other random office, you know, and this guy named Mr. Patterson, who like, we're not really even formally introduced to him. He's just, somebody says, Hey, Mr. Patterson or something like yes. that, mm-hmm. you know, and he's pissed off because somebody left, without taking something i don't know the scene felt so fucking random and useless at the time like looking back on it like it makes sense but like in the moment it like i was so fucking confused anyway um yeah i don't even really fucking remember what happened in the scene i just remember being confused because a million things were going on and they were establishing a bunch of storyline that didn't seem to make sense with what every with everything else that was going on in the film at this point. So if you have more insight into it, you can well, you, you feel free to. to I don't to, have any say, insight but. necessarily. It's just this is the introduction of this Mr. Patterson character. That's going to yeah. be honestly, he's going to be the big baddie for it. Is an introduction to Comet Steel Products, which is the the company that he runs right. that is a front for like drug running, which we'll find out later. Um, and he he's pissed because we don't know why he's pissed, but we'll find out in a little bit. He tells like Hank and Ed to come meet him in a half hour. It's just establishing that this guy exists, that he's angry about something. But you're right. It doesn't establish, hey, I'm the boss and right. I'm involved with crime and shit like that. Yeah, it just seems really random compared to what we just witnessed. 
<laughs> so let's get back to the plot at hand. So Mark goes over to Kathy's house, and she's there with her husband, and uh, they're talking about you know the the clues and shit that the way to find out who killed his sister. And they say this. One thing that might be of some help is that she got away by ramming a, a kitchen knife in his shoulder. So if you find the guy that I stabbed in the shoulder, you find the guy that killed your sister. You notice that sound in the background, Mo? Um, you mean the sound of beautiful downtown Buffalo? <laughs> For some reason, this entire sequence of them at Kathy's house, there's the sound of like thunder <laughs> all throughout the back. It's quite strange and really distracting. Yeah, well, I mean, my guess was probably thundering out when they filmed it, you know? I mean... Maybe. It makes Maybe. sense. I mean, I'm, well, I'll go look in the weather records for... Buffalo in the late 80s and maybe... I'll just ask my dear wife what it was like when she was like eight years old. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember that day. Yeah, it was... was Uh, I have a confession to make. Uh Uh-oh. Which is that this is like an important clue, right? It's that when you find the guy who was stabbed in the shoulder, you'll find the guy that kills your sister. Near the end of the movie, we discover the person who had been stabbed in the shoulder. When that reveal happens, it's so long from this moment... That when it shows his shoulder, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't connect at all that that was supposed to be the killer. <laughs> it took it took me, I would say, a good ten to fifteen seconds because I'm like, because the guy takes his jacket off, he show it reveals the uh, the shoulder, and I'm like, when did that happen? And then I and then I had to like think back, and I'm like, oh right, yeah. I also I also like how Kathy like delivers that line about you, you know, you find the guy that I stabbed in the shoulder. You'll find the guy that killed your sister. She's so like non bothered by the fact that someone tried to kill her the night before. Right. right? And that she, she's witnessed all of this death. She just seems totally cool with it. But this is where it is established. Like you said, Mo, that Mike, um, his neck was broken. Um, Mm. and I guess spit up a lot of blood afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Kathy, she's going to go and look at some pictures later to see if she can ID uh, something, you know, some sort of, of, of identifying mark of the man that she encountered. And then, Mo, she remembers something. What does she remember? My God. Like, <laughs> Kathy remembers that her and Judy had a run-in with some, with some guys who pulled knives on her. And, uh, and I believe the quote that she said was, Judy had to use her kung fu to get away. <laughs> Well, I mean, that literally is what she's going to end up doing. Yeah. She had talked. So what we know is that Kathy talked to the police, of course, after this incident and they interviewed her and she did not remember that earlier that same day she had, you know, been assaulted and almost fucking raped by a yeah. group of thugs that same day. And that Judy had a camera at the time and has a photo of one of them. Didn't mention any of this to the fucking police. Nope. I mean, frankly, don't tell the police stuff. Yeah. It, they would fuck it up anyway. Um, yeah. And obviously things work out a lot better the way that they happen in this movie. But still, it's hard to believe. But in case we had difficulty believing it, Mo, we get a lengthy flashback showing exactly what happened. And it starts, it's like, you know how Mark is the lead of this? Well, let's take 15 minutes away from him entirely <laughs> to see what Kathy and Judy are up to. Because their car stalls on their way back from the zoo, Mo. And then what happens? Um... A car full of gentlemen, uh, and that's using that term loosely, 
uh, stops to help slash harass them. Uh-huh. Uh, my notes say, Jesus, these guys look silly. Um... <laughs> uh, they're thugs, it's, it's, it, it's so fucking great, though. Like, the guy looks in the... These guys are going to rob and rape these women yes. and still take the time to fix their car. I was just going to say, why did they fix the car? Like, like, he legitimately... The main thug guy goes over and he fixes their car, and then he's like, how about a reward, lady? Look, why don't you just not fix the car? I mean, look, I'm not instructing people how to assault people on the no, street. this is I'm not just legal saying advice. It, yeah, it's not. But it's not it, illegal it, advice. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was going to do it, which I'd never do, but if I was going to, I wouldn't fix it. I was going to write a book called I Did It. <laughs> yeah, so the thug, he's like, he fixes her car, and then he's like, don't I get a reward for my efforts? And Judy's like, of course, duh, even though it took two fucking seconds, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. And uh, and this guy, by the way, he's wearing like a flat cap. He's got this leather shirt first off, on. With first like, off, he is not wearing a flat cap. He's wearing a goddamn leather daddy cap. I mean, he, he he's, he's all leather daddy. He's got the leather shirt with the huge zippers, with the sleeves cut off, and it's his it's a it's a fucking his like stu- his stomach it is, is hanging. It's a cut fitting. <laughs> but he grabs the purse from her and like looks at her ID. So he's like, "You're Judy Nero, twenty three Walker Drive. Hey, babe, I'll be sure to stop over sometime just to make it, uh, um, make it as as." concerning as possible for her. I, w- I was fairly certain at this point in the film that this was a red herring because I still believed that Mark was the killer. <laughs> <laughs> so his thug friends who've been watching him fix their car, they're like, okay, now that it's fixed, time to be complete fucking asshole. So they grab her purse and one of them uh, does this to it. Here's what I think of it. <laughs> Perhaps they'd like some suds. Let me give you a little something there, honey. Let me give you a little something there, honey. <laughs> he's, uh, he's dropping uh, beer into the purse that she has. Yeah, but they were kind enough to dump everything out of the purse first. Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, accommodating at the very least. Uh, yeah. I-, I want to... I want to be careful how I mention this. One of the thugs is a person of color. It's a black man. He finds a camera in their car. Right. And they think for a second, hey, this might be worth a lot. And then he does something, Mo, that I would say is inexplicable. What does he do? Um, <laughs> He requests to take a picture with one of the victims. <laughs> he, uh, he communicates it like this. And just take, not only listen to what he says, but how he says it. Here, take a picture of me in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you should not call women that. Hey, leave her alone. Shut up before I hit you. Smile. Yeah. Shut up before I hit you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he gets he gets one of the other thugs to take a photo of him, you know, committing a crime. Committing a crime, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Main thug guy, he says that they deserve more of a reward. I think twenty bucks is actually pretty good for the amount of work that he had to do the first I think twenty bucks is twenty bucks too much. Uh, I mean, you know what? Uh, I, a real man, and this is—I'm going to go into my Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Clean your room. A real man would clean his room, be <laughs> nice and kind to the women in our lives, and do not demand twenty dollars. That's for... not nearly Kermit enough. <clears throat> Listen up. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I mean, that was more Yoda, but I'll—I'll I'll take it. Clean your room. Fix their car. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Clean your room, you must. What we're trying to say is fuck Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <That's what laughs> so anyway, 
let's transition from, from us making those voices <laughs> to them uh, threatening rape against Judy, who tells him to go to hell, the main thug guy. He pulls the a knife way, on her. The way she says, what do you want? And she says it as one word. What do you want? What do you want? Well, I mean, yes. Well, let's. I think I got a bit of this. Uh, she tells him to go to hell after he says that, but I think I got a little bit of that here. Let's let's listen to what she says and the response. Go to hell. Talk like that to me again, bitch. I'll slit your throat open. And you and your friend better be nice, or you're both dead. You know that. It's like they gave. It's like they gave a role to fucking Didi Ramon. You know? <laughs> Doesn't it kind of sound like that? Jesus, pizza, <laughs> pizza. Some. Let's dig in. <laughs> That's great. So uh, while he's threatening her, uh, a car does drive by, and he tells everyone to play cool. And you know again that it's Buffalo because he says, "You stay here." And <laughs> then uh, the thugs drag Judy into the woods. And the black guy who got the picture taken, he tells he keeps back with Kathy by the car, and he tells her to relax. He says, "Wait until you get a taste of my chocolate chip dip." Jesus, it's pretty unpleasant when you think about it, Mo. Yeah, what happens out in the woods, international waters? <laughs> What's going on out there? Uh, let's see. So uh, he has one of the thugs hold Judy, while the uh, Didi Ramon thug. Uh, licks his knife, which is Dee Dee King licks his knife. Yeah, Dee. Dee. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. He's about to you know, he's about to live on some Chinese rocks. Um, very very classy, very very pleasing to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she says, "I'm not going to say anything," and he's like, "No, of course you're not, because if you do, I'm going to kill you." I don't understand why he didn't just kill her then to prevent her from saying anything. Any, I mean, this is like, this is like murderer one hundred and one. Like, you did something awful, you know. Why are you giving her the opportunity to? Uh, man, I should. I'm talking too much here. You're not talking too much, Mo. But I mean, I hate to bring this up, <laughs> but like, they want to rape them. <laughs> well, yeah, they're gonna kill them afterwards. That's just how this shit works. But I tell you, in terms of the order, it's important to do the raping and then the killing. Right, right, exactly. Don't mix that up. Yeah, not I mean, ever. And, unless that's your thing. Again, these are not instructions to no. <laughs> This is not illegal advice. What uh, you gotta remember. <laughs> <laughs> your thing, what you gotta remember. <laughs> what you gotta remember. Uh, so he's, one of the thugs is about to cut her shirt open, and then she shows off the kung fu we kept hearing about. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, so have- she she does something kind of amazing. So she starts using her kung fu and she's kicking everybody's ass, and then she throws a fucking knife through one of their feet, and it well, their is feet. like holy fuck! Like it's the fir- <laughs> it's the first scene in the movie where you're like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> she she does that. Also, pretty awesome at the same time is that so the 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 black thug he hears what's going on. But he has his hand underneath the, the car. The, the car's hood is still up, and he has his hand on the side of the car. And Kathy kicks the thing that holds the car uh, hood open and slams down on his hand. Yeah. And she knocks him unconscious. Kathy is a bit of a badass. Yeah. I mean, Judy is too. Sad she's dead, but Kathy's still Judy. alive. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Rest in power, queen. <laughs> but back, you know, so the, the thugs are still there. Judy beats the shit out of a bunch of them. And then they both, Kathy and Judy, end up running to the car. 
Um, and they're about to leave. And then Kathy reminds Judy to get the camera. Um, and that's really important because when it now flashes forward to what what's happening, Kathy figures that because they knew her address, I guess they memorized it when they said it out loud. Earlier. No, they left. They left the wallet. Oh, that's right. So they left all their ID stuff. And then what Kathy figures is that the thugs came to get the camera because they knew that she had a picture of one of them. Right. And, f- and, forgot and to so, tell the so, yeah. So Kathy assumes they went to Judy's house because they heard her talking about that. It was her camera. Yes, that's right. She went to her house, even though it ends up that Kathy has that camera. Kathy has the camera, but yeah, Kathy has the camera. We'll find out what the, what she has a picture of in just a little bit. Well, I guess we already know really. So Bob, Kathy's husband, he thinks that they should go to the police mode, but Mark, Mark doesn't want to because he has a friend, a former student of his, Roy Adams, Mo, and Roy is the most important character in this movie. Yeah, that's, that's Al McCracken. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's now a private investigator and was on the police force. Mark says this guy can help, and we'll find out a little later just how helpful Roy is. Um, so uh, yeah, so the the, the this is like a uh, planning a D and D session where we're going to say you do this and you do this. So Mark's going to tell Roy what happened, and they're going to get the pictures developed. And Kathy agrees uh, to do what Mark says because Judy was Mark's sister, right? And then we go back to Mr. Patterson. And now this stuff is it makes a little more sense because what we find out is that he's like the, the big boss. And we also find out that the picture, that uh, the incriminating picture was of a man named Tom Hesnick, Mo. Well, it's Tom Hesnick now. It changes later. Does it? But, yeah. Maybe it does. I don't know. It does. It changes <laughs> to hand talk. That's right. Someone does say a different last name later. Well, it doesn't matter. The guy's Tom. Uh, I didn't. I thought at first when they were talking about Tom Hesnick, and what we'll find out in a moment is that they're going to make Tom have an accident, so they don't have to worry about him anymore because he's kind of a um, uh, a loose end. Mm. I thought it was the main ridiculous leather yeah, we daddy it was guy, Diddy King. Yeah, but no, it's actually the black guy because he's in the photo. Um, and they, he, he basically Patterson says we sent out a guy to get the. Um, to eliminate the identification, to kill the people, and to get the camera, but they uh, weren't able to get the camera. He's not satisfied, so he gets one of his men to set up Tom, so it'll be an accident, and he gets um, Joe, one of his men, to find a replacement for Tom in the gang. And he tells Hank that they need to tighten up security and keep an eye on things for a while. And he ends things by saying this. Are you sure you're doing the right thing by getting rid of Tom? Dead men don't talk. And besides, we can't risk slowing this operation on count of one man. We can't risk slowing down the operation on count of one man. Yeah. It's a lovely sounding accent, Mo. Mo, you ever go to Buffalo, New York? I have never been as far north as Buffalo. I've been to Ithaca uh, for a wedding, but everybody there was from Connecticut, so it wasn't exactly like I heard a lot of local accents. Hmm. Well, I've been down there, and I honestly, there's a lot of people in Ontario who sound ridiculous like this too. So I guess I can't really say much. But I was gonna uh, say and, you're and, from, you're from Newfoundland. Yeah, I'm not from Newfoundland. I'm, I'm sorry, you're from Newfoundland, the furthest eastern point in North America. Yes, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is where I'm from. Thank you. But yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Everyone I um, I grew up with uh, talks ridiculously, and so do I at times. But I try to get over it a little. Mom. I try to. My diction, I think, is very important to me. Well, you should always play with your diction. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> remember those photos? Yes. 
Mark's waiting to get the results. Um, and he mentions that he's going to pick up Roy the next evening. And he ends up looking at the photo and he can't believe what he sees. Mo, what does he see in the photo? He immediately recognized Tom Hansick slash Hantok. Um, <laughs> he knows him from martial arts. Yeah. Uh, which made me wonder, why did Judy not recognize him? Because Mark and, and Judy used to compete together in these tournaments and Tom was involved in those and uh, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I also wonder why Tom never showed off any of his martial arts. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, so Mark recognizes Tom, the, the guy from karate tournaments, and he knows that he teaches at a karate school nearby. That does set up. What's going to happen uh, soon, which is that Mark's going to go to that martial arts uh, location to have a very Bruce Lee-like showdown. But before that happens, Mo, we need to cut to a crackling fireplace. What happens is that the scene at, like, I guess where they're um, developing the film, it ends with like an image, a zoom into a picture of a fireplace. Right. Which then cuts to a fireplace. Right, and we right. see Mark, and he's sitting in front of that fire with Marie, have, having a very romantic moment with her. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this Mark-Marie pairing? I, hmm? I don't get it, but, I mean, whatever. Love is love. Yeah, love is love. Why wouldn't you get it? I don't understand what you're saying. I, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you are you what? saying that Marie you know is not a martial artist? You, you know what? You know what? It makes it actually makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mark seems like a great guy. Great guy, except Marie, for the dog thing. By the way, we'll never the see dog thing. We're never going to see that dog again. Yeah, and Marie seems like a great gal. Nice, you know. loyal. Loyal, loyal exactly. Woman. And honestly, proves to be kind of an ass kicker herself later. Yeah, so, she, you know. She, she sure does. So <laughs> she they're, having, sure they're, having does. A little, they're having a little discussion about, you know, Mark basically trying to figure out who killed his sister and stuff. Right. And, uh, and what he might do to the people once he finds them. And she says this. Okay, say he did. Then what? You can't take the law into your own hands. Damn it, Mark. Listen to me. Only God has the right to take the lives of others. Mo, is that correct? Does only God have the right to take the lives of others? Um, sure. Sure. So anyway, she hugs his arm at the end of the scene. Uh, it's very nice. And then it cuts to action, Mo. We're about a half hour in. Time to get to some action. And this action yeah. is at a karate dojo where some students are doing like an exhibition. Uh, and then Mark arrives with some very dramatic music, and he sees a guy like a in a secretarial position. What's this guy all about? Um, is he's wearing a shirt that says yes. "Try a Virgin"? What does that mean? Uh, man, I don't know, but keep it fucking classy, nineteen ninety. Jesus Christ! Maybe it's like a drink or something. Like, like a, sure, sure. But yeah, he's wearing this blue shirt. It's got a ridiculous thing on it. He looks at uh, Mark like he's a piece of shit. Mark wants to see Tom. The guy says he's not here anymore. He was killed in a car accident. He well, says it's doing- so nonchalantly, too. <laughs> like, it's not even, like, a thing. I feel like that there was a scene that they meant to film of Tom dying in that car accident. Right. Because it's kind of an important point, but we never see it. It just happened in between scenes, right? Right. Uh, but, I, but, I mean, uh, Mr. Patterson, got to give him credit. He works fast. They killed that guy right away. Super quick. <laughs> 
So Mark just, he's like, I don't give a shit what you have to say. He just goes into the back to the dojo part and into the exhibition room where the teacher's giving lessons. He says to Mark, who the hell are you? And then Mark explains to, basically says to everyone that his sister was murdered and that Tom is the only evidence and the connection to what happened and said he's not going to leave until they can say what really happened. And how does that work out for him, Mo? Um, well, they, uh, they, they jump him. Uh-huh. Um... They don't get very far with him because Mark fucking destroys everyone. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, there's a great setup that they do as he's walking back to give that little spiel where the the desk guy kind of runs up behind him. And he does one of those, you know, yes. like backhand punches, um, you know, like where you hit the elbow and then you do the fist. Every, yeah, yeah. You, the audience can imagine what I'm talking about. Yeah, like anyway. a back fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not a back fist. Not like an Eddie Kingston back fist. But like, <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> no, but, but like, <laughs> but the elbow, the elbow back of the fist punch. They know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. So then he goes in. He gives that spiel, and they start uh, the 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 new instructor starts, uh, you know, sending the guys in to fight him, and he's just walloping left and right, you know. Uh, just really impressive. Like this dude so, is a good martial artist. This is our first re- real kind of of example of seeing what Mark can do as a martial artist, and it's super impressive. He throws yeah. great kicks. He really moves like Bruce Lee. I mean, he does. This scene is obviously meant to be a copy of a very similar scene from Fist of Fury, um, and also that has been been in every Fist of Fury sequel and every Fist of Fury remake with Fist of Legend. They also do the scene of you know the guy coming into the dojo and beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah. And one of the things I always forget that I like so much about Bruce Lee is that he loves like crushing guys' dicks. Like that's kind of his deal. He just loves kicking guys in the dick, like <clears> stomping <throat> on a dick and like crushing it with his. Uh, with his heel, he just he loves doing it, and Mark loves crushing dick too. I mean, I, I like to crush a dick every now and again myself, you know. Why? Why not? Why, why not? not in this workaday world? Uh, <laughs> and in case you weren't sure that uh, Mark was influenced by Bruce Lee, he even makes Bruce Lee noises. Mo, let's hear what that sounds like. <laughs> and they get worse as the movie goes too. Like, just, <laughs> like that. That's just that's just a snippet of what happens later. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the tributes to Bruce Lee will not end here. So then the instructor, after Marcus beat up all these fucking guys, the instructor comes out. The instructor, by the way, his hairstyle looks like He Man, like the He Man cartoon, like a Prince Valiant fucking haircut. <laughs> it, yeah, it's de- it's definitely kind of Prince Adam for sure. And then he pulls out. What does he pull out? Oh, he breaks out the chucks. The nun chucks. Uh, the weapon that, I mean, the very reason that this movie could never be released in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he shows off some pretty impressive nunchuck skills. I mean, this guy knows knows how to use them. Um, and then Mark, what does Mark pick up? I, see, I don't know the name of the weapon, but it's 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 like nunchucks, but there's a third stick in, in the middle. The three-section staff, as established in Enter the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. And of course, as yeah. mentioned in... Legendary Weapons of China is the three-section staff. (laughs) Man, look, all I'm going to say is I am very impressed 
that I mean, I guess it makes sense when you're a martial artist, you would have a bunch of martial artist friends as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like everybody who fights in this movie is phenomenal. You know, there's a lot of talent in this movie. Like there's some really good production value just from them having a hobby. You can tell that these guys really trust each other as well. Because yeah. sometimes they're, they're like the, it doesn't look as choreographed. It looks like they're sparring a little bit as they're moving yeah. into things, especially a little bit later. later. And that stuff is, is super impressive. But yeah, it's so, very it's very old boy. Yeah, you know what it is? There is something to that, right? Where yeah. it feels like maybe there was an errant fist here and there, but that's they, they had that level of trust. And so, yeah, so uh, the guy shows off his nunchuck skills. Mark picks up the three-section staff and beats the shit out of him in like three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> then holds him against a wall and actually is able to like like um, raise him into the air. <laughs> that's how strong Mark is. <laughs> yeah, he fucking goozles the guy and then mm-hmm. just picks him up off the ground. Oh, it's so good. My notes say this scene fucking rules. That's, yeah, it's awesome. Because <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. This is the moment that I got sucked into the movie. I'm like, okay, I'm in for this ride. More of uh, this, please. So it, Mark says, I should make it so you never walk again. But I won't. Just remember this. The war has started. Except, you know how I said it kind of with a deep voice and cool? He said it like a fucking weirdo from Buffalo. (laughs) 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 And then uh, as Mark walks away, the guy tries to attack him. But Mark fucking knocks him unconscious. And as he walks out of the dojo, that guy with the blue shirt from from the beginning, he tries to attack him again. And he does the exact same. Oh, it's so good. It's such. It's like that's. That's the sort of detail shit that I feel like a lot of like low budget movie makers are missing, you know, like that is such a good bookend to that scene and it fits. It's thematic. It makes sense. And it's fucking hilarious. This whole section is really well conceived. And maybe it's because it's also set up as a tribute, but it really like that stuff is original. That stuff is, is something that they're bringing to the table. And it's, it's also really well edited. That's another thing. It's like it's well shot. It's well edited. Look, fucking Hollywood movies weren't able to figure out Hong Kong style editing until another decade after this, if not more. So and yeah, I'm, I yeah but then, but then they're still doing the fucking bullshit with the close up shaky cam nonsense. Hey, when everybody knows I know that a good fight is shot in the long. I know it. Uh, so before he goes, Mark digs through a bunch of the file cabinets and he finds some paper marked comet steel products about the delivery of steel canisters to him. This means something. To me, the person watching this, I'm like, why the fuck does he care about that? Yeah, Even though I, I know have no the idea. connection. <laughs> so I he runs off. connection, yeah. <laughs> he runs off and the instructor at the school, the guy who just got his ass kicked, he picks up a phone and calls Mr. Patterson. Uh, he identifies himself as Rick from the school. And um, he says that the brother of the lady <laughs> that they killed suspects them and that nobody could stop them. Um, and Mr. Patterson does that great thing in that in action movies where he's like, I can't believe like this guy beat up a whole school of people. Who is this fucking guy? (laughs) So they decide that they're going to get some outside help. And this outside help Mo is, well, we'll get to him in just a little bit. Fucking chef's kiss. That's all I'm going to say. Before we get to him, uh, Mr. Patterson ends with this. Send a few men in here right away. I've got an idea how to keep this guy under control until we can get rid of him. Yeah, right. I included it because of how he said, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's on the phone at the at the time, in case that wasn't clear. Uh, he also said, as you could hear at the, the beginning of that clip, that he wants some men brought there as well. That'll become important for like the main 
action at the end of the movie. Right. Um, and then it cuts to actually something that's pretty neat. Buddies. Yeah. <laughs> and like, here's the thing. Like, that's a fucking cottontail. Those are those are wild bunnies. That's like, that's not somebody's pet. They found that and was able to get shots of it. That's impressive. Those so things don't some, stick around. We got some we got some cottontails and we see a guy walking by a pond. What's this guy doing, Mo? Uh, he's um, he's setting traps, I presume, mm-hmm. for the rabbits. And oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> Oh. Like, describe the tra- the traps because that's going to be important. For yeah, so they're they're like there's they're the the spring traps, you know, like they're like, like bear traps, like, like bear tiny. traps, but much smaller. Yeah, and yeah. without teeth. Yeah, um, and, and necessary that they're smaller for what happens. <laughs> so so this guy this guy's setting up traps and he and he breaks out the spikes because you know you gotta uh, you know knock a spike into the ground so they don't run away with the trap. Right. Um, anyway, this dude sneaks up behind him grabs one of the traps and just snaps it right on his fucking nuts and then proceeds to snap the dude's neck. We don't see the guy's face. We don't know who he is. It doesn't matter. That is the best is one of the best scenes in the entire fucking movie. That shit is amazing. All I can say about it, I was wearing a fucking cup because that was a real fucking trap. He came up behind him, right? He could have just broke his neck. No. Instead, he saw the guy with the trap close enough to his own dick that he was like, oh, I would hate myself if I didn't do something about this. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he snaps the fucking trap on his dick and breaks his neck. And I hope hope when they write up his obituary, (laughs) died suddenly. (laughs) Died the way he lived. (laughs) So uh, then a couple of the, the guy who just got killed. A couple of his friends pull up in a car. They brought beer. Um, they see some friends, a friend outside of their cabin that they're staying in. They're like, hey, yeah. he's sleeping. And they go inside, Mo. And what do they find? Just everyone's fucking dead. <laughs> so they, they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. They try to get away. Well, they but say, then they, yeah, they say that we got to get the guns. Yeah. You know, and they realize the guns are gone. They go to take off, but a van shows up right as they're leaving. And we see this. we see the same camo pants from before step out. Oh my god! This is, uh, so I described this guy as the toughest Leo Sayer lookalike I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Des- describe him in a way that if, if if you don't know what Leo Sayer looks like, what does this man in the camo look like? Um, actually, you know what? He actually looks. He actually probably looks a little bit more like John Holmes than Leo Sayer. But he does look a bit like John Holmes. Yeah. He also looks. A little, if, if listeners might know the McNamara brothers from. Uh, the Canadian martial artists that have been featured in several times on Red Letter Media videos, but the the dragons revenge twin dragons revenge the oh right 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 yeah, yeah 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 they have like like mustaches and bushy hair and yeah. yeah that's what that's what this guy looks like yeah they got they got you know short cropped curly hair mustache you know slender decent build um, <laughs> looks like a tough guy he like he legit looks like a tough guy. You know, or at least he looks like what a tough guy looked like in the late eighties, early nineties. Thank you. Yes, that is important. He yeah. he he looks like what you would consider a tough guy to look like in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine, like a Tom Selleck-y type guy. Yeah. One of the one of the men uh, who have been who were just standing there, they run at him and they run off screen. And then what happens to this guy? Um, he gets beaten to death. Off he screen. gets yeah, he gets his ass kicked. But then the other guy's still there, and he's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. What does he do with this knife? 
Um, it might be a little hard to remember. Yeah, I don't remember specifically. I don't have it in my notes what he did with the knife. I just basically remember he he, them he just swipes in the, he swipes in the air in front of uh, the bushy haired mustache guy. He's like yeah. poof, poof, poof. He, he like makes a bunch of like uh, wild movements with his hands, and that makes the the mustache man say this. <laughs> Hemorrhoids, huh? So this guy isn't just a cool guy with a mustache. He's also hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious, all right. <laughs> and he's and he is also a legit ass kicker. Like his like between him and Mark, like that it's amazing. I mean, really all of the fighters in this movie are Yeah, don't good. forget Roy. Yeah, yeah, Roy is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, you're right. They set this guy up to be a cool badass that is going to have a big fight with Mark, and that will happen, but not yet. Right now, he's got to beat up this guy with the knife, and he does it very, very easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this fight ends with like a big palm strike to the face, uh, and then he puts some. Actually, how does he kill this guy, Mo? It's very exciting for me. I hate to say I don't have it in my notes, so I well, do you, not. Uh, it will spring to mind immediately once I say. Full Nelson, because that's what oh, he puts right. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. He puts on the dreaded Full Nelson and breaks the guy's fucking neck. Um, and then he gets the Camel Man, as I was calling him. In my don't notes don't you mean point. the Master Lock? <laughs> so, yeah, sure. That's right. The Master Lock. Uh, the Camel Man, uh, he gets back in his Camel Van, which is just actually just blue, and uses his Van phone to call someone. And he introduces himself. What is his name? Who is the Camel Man? That fucking car phone is amazing. Yes, it is. So... When he introduces himself, the subtitles <laughs> call him Dinah. Yes, like Dinah Shore. Yeah. So I had to look it up, and his name is Steiner. Now, later in the movie, they clearly do refer to him as Steiner. Though yeah. when he says his own name, it does sound like Dinah. So so in some universe, me and Doug are still not entirely sure that this, this guy's name isn't actually Dinah Steiner. So... <laughs> Until we had actually conversed about this yesterday, I had I had written down in my notes several times that his name was Dinah Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But ba- so, basically, he's calling uh, someone to say that the job that he, I guess he was just hired to kill all these guys in this cabin. He says, the job's done. He says, the guy on the other end says, did you get all of them? He says, yeah, all six of them. And then his boss, who, by the way, isn't Mr. Patterson, some other guy, He his boss tells him that Patterson called him and wants him to handle a problem. And he has a chopper waiting for him. And, you you know, it, for all the world, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah, so it'll just be like, we'll see him drive up a little later on. No, man. No. We're going to get that chopper. There's a this lot is- of weird production value in this movie, you know? Like, if they say they've got something, they've got it. It's pretty cool. So, so you yeah. Might rem- so, yeah, they Please, told yeah. they told me how to ch- they told me how to chopper. We see him land in the chopper. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, he gets to the chopper. Gets to the chopper. Judge you the chopper. Um, you might remember. Remember Mark? <laughs> he I do remember Mark. He beat up a bunch of guys and he got that piece of paper which had Kama Steel products. So mm-hmm. he goes to the factory. Or what I should say, he's, he goes to the road outside of the factory. And uh, he just sits in the middle of the road, meditating, waiting for someone to come by. And two men do drive towards him, Mo. And I'll tell you, I don't like these guys. No, you know why? Either. You know why I don't like them? Because they're ableist. They're ableist because they say this. Get out of here, will you? You must be retarded. 
I mean, I, like, I don't use that word. No, uh, I, I try not to either. Um, and that is to say, I don't use that word either. The fucking pronunciation. On I was going to say, I don't use that word, but if I was to use it, I wouldn't pronounce it like that. <laughs> My God. Like who puts, who puts the fucking emphasis on the middle syllable? That's who. I mean, I guess people from Buffalo, uh, God so. bless them, but not this guy. No. Uh, <laughs> so Mo, they say this terrible thing. One of the men are wearing a cowboy hat and he gets out of the car. Oh my God. And, and what happens when he approaches Mark? Yeah. This one is in my notes. Oh my God. He gets a swift kick to the dick. <laughs> and his my, hat comes off. <laughs> his hat comes Oh, it's it, man. It's glorious. Oh, what a fucking kick. Oh, that looked like it hurt. Now, uh, generally, uh, in martial arts movies, the reason that a lot of them take place well into the past is because then they don't have to worry about people with guns. But this movie, they do. And this other guy does have a gun. Um, and so this he actually fucking said, rules. <laughs> yeah. So the guy tells Mark to come over and to turn around. And uh, Mark then does like a back kick and knocks the gun into the air and beats the guy unconscious while it's in the air. And then fucking catches the gun. And then like, catches the gun. Like, holy shit. That's fucking awesome. He, he takes their keys and he opens up their trunk. And there's a suitcase inside, which he opens. And as this is happening, the guy with the cowboy hat, uh, or had the cowboy hat, wakes up and uh, and talks to someone on a walkie-talkie. Inside this briefcase, Mo, there are canisters. Inside the canisters are what? It's a cocaineum. It's cocaine. Uh, and we know it is because Mo opens up the drugs and tastes some of it. And he's like, what? Mo opens up the drugs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Mo. <laughs> Mo snorts that shit up. Yeah, you know? I snorted it right up. I did a, I did a line off a hooker's ass. Mork. <laughs> <laughs> Mork. Yeah, so Mark uh, tries some of the drugs. Uh, gets a real taste for it. And, and in fact, he doesn't actually uh, deal with Mr. Patterson. He just stays here and does all the drugs. <laughs> right. No, he tastes some of it. He makes a funny face. And then dirt bikes and cars arrive and Mark runs off. Yeah. So basically, basically like from here through the end of the movie is all pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, like there's a couple of slow scenes, but pretty much everything else in this movie is kind of fucking rad. We're almost exactly at the halfway mark. So, yeah. uh, So uh, Mark um, is being chased by the dirt bikes. He ends up pulling off one of the men's helmets and puts it on, steals the guy's dirt bike. Some of the men, they shoot guns at him. Um, and they basically, there's a chase scene and Mark probably is actually operating, uh, at least in most of these. Yeah. Scenes, a lot, the a lot bikes. of, a lot of these scenes look like they are definitely done for real. This is, yeah. I, I mean, except for one, um, <laughs> yeah, but there, there's some, there's some pretty fucking rad shit, you know, like, man, if I was a kid growing up and like I, I was in and I was in Buffalo, these are the dudes I'd want to be hanging out with because they yeah, no just kidding. seem like, you know, like they're all into fucking martial arts and they got dirt bikes and fucking fake guns and shit. And like, <laughs> you kidding me? These these seem like the coolest fucking dudes in town. Uh, well, it, there is something that reminds me of my own growing up that happens next. They go to a gravel pit. <laughs> right. So what happens is that the dirt bike that's chasing Mark, they they separate from everybody else. Uh, the guy with the dirt bike appears to shoot Mark, who falls down this gravel embankment, and then the shooter goes over to Mark's corpse. And I feel bad because Mark's dead, right? Halfway yeah. through the movie, Mark's already dead. He leans over him, and Mark says, "You missed." <laughs> <laughs> 
sound effects. You lose. <laughs> so good. You lose. Yeah, you so missed. Mark, Mark, Mark does beat the shit out of the guy. Yeah. But not enough to actually stop him, unfortunately, because <laughs> then Mike, uh, Mark, Mike, then Mark steals that guy's bike and helmet and takes off. Uh, and the guy that he just beat the shit out of says, damn it all. And he picks up the gun again that Mark left there. <laughs> um, so Mark drives off again. This guy chases him once again. At some point, Mark abandons his bike and the rider, the guy's chasing him, can't find him. And uh, then Mark jumps onto the back of the guy's bike. This is a fucking amazing. What happens, Mo? I want you to explain what happens from here. So, he so, surprises the guy by jumping on the back of the bike. Well, he's no, he kicks the gun out of the guy's hand first. Yes. And then he and then he hops onto the back of the bike and launches it, just fucking throttles <laughs> and proceeds to and then he hops off just at the yeah. just at the very uh last second as the fucking bike is launched <laughs> off of a cliff. <laughs> And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know how in a lot of these in in a lot of these movies are pretty much all of them. There's always like a fucking dummy on the bike. Yeah. You know. Well, for the first few seconds of this thing going off the side of the cliff, the dummy looked very real. Too real. It's little, like its face is a death fucking thing. Yeah, like a little here. fucking too real. And then as it gets about halfway down, it's it contorts in a way that the bot that the human body just doesn't contort. You're like, okay, thank fucking Christ they didn't actually throw somebody off a cliff. But but yeah, it ends up it ends up, you know, smashing about halfway down, you know, rolling down the rest of the uh the rest of the hill. And then it finally uh it explodes, right? It yeah, it explodes, explodes down at the bottom. I'm like, man. Yeah. This movie glorious fucking stuff. Rules. <laughs> what you were just saying reminds me. There's remember that Simpsons episode and the Germans are showing off their like car crash technology yeah. and afterwards you can see one of the dummies is crawling away. It's like, <laughs> "Hey, that dummy's still alive. This is what this uh this exhibition is over." <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of awesome and amazing, we then cut to helicopter footage. And not just like it's not just images of a helicopter. We're inside the helicopter. Yeah. It's like we're flying, Mo. <laughs> flying over a waterfall, maybe even Niagara Falls. I don't know. Could be. Mm. I, I don't <laughs> so, know how fucking close Niagara Falls is to Buffalo. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Actually, extremely close. And I oh, know well, that yeah. for a fact. <laughs> um. So uh, this is supposed to be Steiner arriving in this helicopter. Yeah. And we have two men who are basically going to meet Steiner. And they're talking about how great he is, basically, that he's super tough, um, that he's unbeatable. And one guy's like, I don't know. And then the other guy's like, I'll, I'll tell him that you said that. And he says, I'm only kidding. These guys, they're, they're, yeah. they're <laughs> basically, this is just talking up how great Steiner is. Because it's going to be important because Steiner is the ultimate badass. That he's going to put, you know, uh, take Mark to his very limit. Right. So uh, while this is going on, Mark, he uh, arrives at the home of Bob and Kathy. Um, and Bob is there. And Kathy is apparently laying down because she's not feeling well. What an odd detail to include. I guess maybe she wasn't available that day. Right. <laughs> so uh, this is actually a really weird scene because Bob is like, they should go to the police. And, um, or sorry, I should say, is Mark says that they should go to the police with the pictures. But Bob says that even though he was for that idea earlier, he says they can't because the bad guys have captured Marie 
And they say that if he goes to the police, they're going to kill her. And they want him to come at midnight to the old arena if he ever wants to see Marie alive today. Yep, uh, alive no ever weapons, again. No and he weapons, can't bring weapons. He has to go alone. <laughs> Mark also mentions that Roy is coming in soon. Remember Roy, his old buddy? Used I to remember work in the Roy. Police department, and he's I remember a private detective. He's a super cool guy. Anyway, we'll see him a little bit later if Mark can survive this. Anyway, Mark's reaction to hearing all this news. By the way, Bob does not like start with the information that Marie has been kidnapped. He eventually moves on to that. <laughs> and Mark responds like this. I swear to God, if they hurt her, you know how it feels to lose those we care about most? Well, she's going to live. And they're going to die. That so, was, uh, I used Mark's to make Oscar movies. Play. I used to make movies with my friends back in the day. Sure. And that line right there is absolutely straight out of something that we would make. Well, she's going to live. And they're going to die. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, before Mark has his midnight rendezvous, he meets Roy at an airstrip. Roy arrives on a plane. Uh, Roy gets out. He's wearing a suit. Well, what's, what's Roy all about? What's uh, How would you describe Roy? First off, I want to mention the fact that not only did they have a chopper, they had a plane. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. some serious fucking production value. I'll tell you, though, they do make a conscious effort to show the guy who is the pilot of the plane and they shake his hand and stuff to the point where at first I wasn't sure which one was supposed to be Roy. I yeah. bet you that guy was like, hey, if I'm going to be in your fucking movie, you better show me in the movie. Right. <laughs> Um, Roy is a, uh, I, I don't know if Rotund's not the right word. He's, he's a bigger dude. You know, he's, I wouldn't doesn't say he's look bad, like a martial artist at the very but he, he definitely doesn't look like a martial artist. Um, you know, but he's got his own, his own set of skills. Um, yeah. What are I those mean, skills? I've, I don't know. He can hold a gun and get shot. <laughs> he can stare at someone until their gun explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that in just a little bit. So they have a little conversation, basically yeah. getting, if anyone just came into the movie at this point, it gets them up to speed in terms of everything <laughs> that's been happening. You know, Comet Steel Deliveries are the bad guys. Cocaine, uh, that they've uh, kidnapped Marie. Roy thinks that they should actually go to the police, that they're better qualified to deal with this. Mark is like, dude, I got you here because I didn't want to go to the police. That was the whole fucking point. Right. Uh, but but Roy is Roy is actually pissing Mark off because he's saying things that if they were to do them, uh, Mark thinks it would put Marie's life in danger. Yeah, I think Mark makes a weird choice here. He he decides that he's going to try things their way once. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, then he'll do it his way. If I get killed, I'll do it your way. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like the whole their plan is to murder you, <coughs> asshole. Like why? Like you're literally you... just walking into a trap. That's not only a trap. It's you can't even describe it as a trap. They're saying come to this spot where we will fucking kill you. Yeah, that's literally what they said. <laughs> you know, but yeah, like I'll I'll try it their way first, and when I come back from the dead in three days, because I am clearly Jesus. Oh uh-huh. wait, this isn't a Neil Breen film. Um, <laughs> You know, he'll be there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am there. Dot, 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 dot. Now. This scene um, does end with a very important bit of information and in that Mark says that he has some friends who's going to help him if he needs <clears> them. <throat> who are these friends of Mark? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. He's, he knows some guardian angels who are in town. 
who we now, haven't seen at all thus far. No, no. The, the, he, this is the first mention of them. And yeah. in fact, if you weren't around or if you weren't as old as Mo and myself are, you might not know what the fuck you he means. You might not even know who says. the fucking guardian angels are. Do you know who the Mo- guardian angels are, Mo? Yeah. Yeah, I know you do. What are they? Oh, they were uh, they were like a like a fake. Basically, they were like a slightly tougher version of a neighborhood watch. Yes, you know, like they would they would walk around neighborhoods and like most notably in like bigger cities and yeah, try to like city. yeah and try to keep crime down. I don't know what kind of success rate they had. I doubt it was much of any, if I'm being completely honest, because these guys were. Just the goofiest looking dudes. Well, they were goofy because they had a uniform. What was their uniform? Well, so they wore they wore red jackets, like uh-huh. like fucking. Um, oh God, what is it? The members only jackets. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, that had the Guardian Angels logo on the back, which of course consisted of wings, uh-huh. uh, because that's very manly. Um, hey, now, hey. I'm we not don't care look, about, about look, what is look. and isn't manly. And who are you look. to? Uh, who are you to even say? Room. He wasn't very manly. These wings on the back. No, I, um, no, 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 no. Look, look. I'm all for you know destroying patriarchy and fuck heteronormativity and all that fun shit. You know, I'm just saying these guys could have taken a look in the mirror and realized that nobody was going to take them fucking seriously because on top of the the red. Uh, members only jackets they also wore red berets yes they wore now maybe if they had berets. worn a raspberry beret you know like the kind you find in a secondhand store like mm-hmm, maybe they would have taken mm-hmm. it more seriously um for fans <laughs> of professional wrestler the big boss man when he moved to wcw at first oh my god was, i remember that his his character was called i think it was called the angel uh specifically based on one of the guardian angels and he would wear one of these red berets just to show uh there's also an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia where Mac tries to clean up the streets and because there's a homeless guy masturbating <laughs> behind their bar and right. he dresses like a guardian angel. So that's what we're getting at. You can also look it up on Google, you fucking <laughs> pieces of garbage. You listen to this podcast. You fucking Luddites. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark finishes his little conversation with Roy with this. We're going to find out where Marie is after we give him a taste of some of their own blood. Also a line from a movie that I would have made back in the back in the day with my friends. As Mark says this, Roy looks at him like he's out of his mind. And I was watching this like, why did he bring Roy in again? What? Like, he's not useful. He's not using his connections. What a useless fucking character. (laughs) This cuts then, Mo, to Mark climbing some stairs. With a fresh haircut. With a fresh haircut. He's climbing stairs with a fresh haircut. A very different haircut that he had a just very seconds before. different haircut. I just like the and idea. It's like, well, it's a couple hours till midnight and uh, my impending death. I think I'll stop over at the barber. <laughs> well, but but here's the thing. So in the time it took me to write, Mark has a fresh haircut, which looks idiotic. He It had already changed. Yeah. I said, wait, his hair's different again. Ha, the, ha, sta- ha, ha. the stairs bit is definitely an insert to try to, I guess, connect the two things together. The other thing about the scene is that Marcus has a uh, Marcus. <laughs> Mark has a shirt on with like a red sun, like a Japanese red sun on it. Yeah. And so it's like this big target right in the middle of his fucking chest. <laughs> and he goes inside the arena. And who is inside waiting for him? Dinah Steiner. Dinah Steiner. Waiting for him. He's he, he's like, uh, uh, you can tell he's a badass because he says, I almost fell asleep waiting for you. <clears throat> and Mark says, you got to let Marie go. 
and uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, Dinah says this. Don't tell me about your problems. I'm paid to be here, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he's paid to be here, and now he's going to kill him. Mark says, you'll die if you fight me. And this then leads to probably the best fight in the movie, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so so there's decent choreography in this fight, but then there's also scenes that where it's just them kind of tussling, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think those are some of the best moments because it's very real. Yes. You know, yeah. like like I so so yeah, there there's there's a certain amount of, you know, like talent on display, like people getting like actual moves off, but in in reality, if you're just doing like a fucking sloppy street fight, you're going to have moments where you're just in a headlock rolling around on the floor, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Pre- it's first, pretty great. It's a great fight. What I like about it is that it starts with like Mark completely. Like you'd expect that at the beginning, Steiner's going to beat the shit out of him and he's got to come back. But at first Mark does really well. He like is really, he's, he, um, he gets beat up initially by yeah, Steiner gets the first, the uh, the first couple of hits in. He gets the first couple of hits in and Mark's like beat up and bleeding. And then, and actually, he gets put in the full Nelson mode. Yeah. But uh, but he is able to break free, and then they tumble around for a bit, and then it you know then it kind of goes back and forth. Um, Mark gets a bunch of sh- shots in, then Steiner does like a monkey uh, flip, or maybe Mark does the monkey flip, but it goes back and forth. At one point, Steiner locks on a cross arm breaker, though I think people in 1990 didn't know how a cross arm breaker worked, so <laughs> it kind of feels like he doesn't do anything to stop it from happening. Um, but I love it. I love how uh, how it goes back and forth. And how does this tussle end? Uh, well, let's see. Um, Mark makes some more Bruce Lee noises. Lots of Bruce Lee noises. Lots of Bruce Lee noises. Particularly as he's getting like he's getting near the end. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 got some fighting spirit that he needs yeah, he's, to he's pull like together. Fucking, he's hulking up, you know. Um, Mark ends up picking up. Steiner, and this is kind of a cool effect because obviously it's pretty great. Yeah, like it's obvious they're using wires to pick the dude up, but whatever, you know. So he picks him up over his head in a in just a a, a major show of strength, and then drops him right down on his knee, just 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 breaking his back. It's amazing. He does the Bane Batman, yeah, uh, backbreaker, um, and. And he kills him. <laughs> yeah. Mark just straight up kills old Steiner. Um, and, and he says, no uh, more games. Now we do things my way now. Now we do things my way. Which, again, I think this was him doing things his way. That was what he established with Roy immediately before that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I like how they set up. Like, Steiner was definitely his most impressive opponent. But Mark, who, again, it's it's established that he's done martial arts, but not that he's the best in the world. But he just kills him. Like, he just fucking murders him. Right. <laughs> uh, back at the factory, the steel factory, Mr. Patterson arrives, gets out, tells his dr- driver to wait outside. He goes inside, tells the guy to cancel all shipments. Um, he says that Mark escaped last night, and they're going to play it safe until he gets that bastard. And then he leaves with a bunch of papers. Tells the driver to bring the shipments back to the school and cancel all the deliveries. Probably this didn't need to be an actual scene in the movie. It, it really didn't. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to thugs. More thugs, Mo. One of them is snoring next to a poster of a gorilla. Uh, these are just a group of thugs who have Marie tied up in front of them. Uh, Marie, um, awake, alert, very upset about being kidnapped here. Uh, what, what do we think about uh, these thugs and Marie's situation here? Um, 
they, they don't seem very useful. No, they seem like like even worse than the thugs who who fixed the car earlier. Right. <laughs> They're basically like those guys earlier who were supposed to meet Steiner. They were having that conversation. They were scared, right? They were scared of Steiner, like even insulting him or something like that. Yeah. These guys would know at this point that Mark killed Steiner. <laughs> right? You think they'd be somewhat concerned. And I'll tell you, they may not be concerned, but Marie wants to put the fear of God in them. And she says, Yeah, he's got to show his face sometime. I mean, he ain't going to do nothing stupid as long as we still have her. Yeah, you just wait. He'll be here and tear you all apart. <laughs> God bless her, she's trying. <laughs> That's probably your best line delivery in the entire movie. I mean, it really is. He'll be here and tear you all apart. <clears throat> um, and in fact, one of the guys who responds to her says, Well, honey, I hope he is that stupid, because I don't care how much karate he knows. I don't give a shit if he's Bruce Lee. He ain't going to stop this and he shows that he has a gun and in fact a few it's of the, the men saddest looking gun. gun i've ever seen in my hey, life hey it's a gun <laughs> it looks like a fucking starter pistol probably is a starter pistol in we get a little shot inside the steel factory where men are like driving forklifts around doing manly work inside a steel <laughs> factory they work hard and they play hard <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly all the machinery shuts down they're like what is going on the and disco we see ball group, drops down we see a group of men in silhouette, who are these men? Oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is Mark. It's, um, we'll talk about Mark in a second. Who's yeah, with yeah, Mark? Yeah. First? It, this this is Mark, and he's got Roy and the Guardian Angels with the him. Guardi- they're the toughest men of all, the Guardian Angels. Yeah. Now we have Roy, <clears throat> and we have Mark. Now there's something a little different about Mark. Not a different hairstyle this time. What is different about Mark? So Mark is um, clearly paying homage to Kill Bill Volume Two, at <laughs> like I mean, come on, like I get it, like you want to be Bruce Lee. He's wearing the fucking suit, the fucking yeah. yellow bodysuit, game suit. of death suit. Yep, yeah, the game of death suit. Like fuck, I mean, and it gets even worse in a second. It's not worse; it's it, better. No, yeah, okay, fine, it's better. It's more <laughs> film accurate. <laughs> he's wearing uh, the game of death suit i don't know why he doesn't explain why he decided to put on pajamas uh right. but look he's with the guardian angels they're already dressed up ridiculously why does <laughs> he get an opportunity to do that and in fact Fair. as if the movie was talking uh was like l- looking into my thoughts the men in the seal factory are like <laughs> they start mark mocking the guardian angels for looking so ridiculous yeah <laughs> And one of them says, what's your business? And the guardian angel guy says, to kick your asses. And he goes, aren't you outnumbered? But not outclassed. Not outclassed. <laughs> and they get into a big fucking brawl. And I'll tell you about uh, Mark. He knows a lot of martial artists. Some of these guys are certainly martial artists. Some of them, maybe not so much. Because if you look <laughs> into the background, there's guys who are like, Waving fists like uh, meters away from people's faces, just it's not like, even it's like that. Close. It's like that scene of the hockey fight where the two the two full teams are brawling, and then there's that one guy in the background just throwing fists at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's into it, but he has no idea what the hell he's doing. There's some really interesting shit that happens during this scene too. Like one motherfucker gets a got a goddamn ninja star right in the goddamn head. Oh, well, that happens a little bit later, but yeah, that's that's gonna happen in just a moment with the with the Roy scene. But this is they're still fighting in the in the uh, metal factory because yeah. then it cuts to the thugs 
and they're just eating donuts. They're getting each oh, other. Oh, right, coffee. right, right. And they start talking about coffee. Yeah, right. And they, they seem like nice guys getting each other's coffee. And mm. um, and one guy says something nasty to Marie. He goes, "After we kill your boyfriend, I'm going to personally have some fun with you." Gross. And at, then he heads for the door, and then he looks outside, and he can see that Mark is out there, and he goes, "Sweatland's here." And Mr. Patterson gets really excited. He goes, we got him. The rest of you kill him. And they, they all run out. But Roy is out there. And you might remember Roy, not a martial artist, but he does have something very special, Mo. He has a gun. A gun. <laughs> Mark also has something very special, as you've already mentioned. A throwing star, which he embeds in a guy's fucking skull. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it actually, the way it's shot looks fucking great. Like, it looks really good. It's so um, good. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go full Joe Bob here. We get a little forklift foo. Yeah, yeah, brick. That's foo. some fucking. Oh my god, it's that's awesome. Like they just picked the they they like first off, that's dangerous as fuck. And they did that shit for real. Like somebody drove a fucking forklift in between some dude's legs and fucking yep. picked him up. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's pretty. Which means it's awesome. Roy Schultz. Yeah, Roy shoots some dudes. Yeah, uh, he gets in a fight with the guy who was asleep, uh, snoring earlier. Yeah. Uh, not too convincing, but he has a gun, so it's okay. Um, Roy ends up stomping on the thug, and he pulls out a gun, and he shoots one of the old... He goes inside the office, and he shoots one of Mr. Patterson's, like the old guys that he was talking to earlier. Yeah, yeah. While he's in there, Patterson, he grabs a rifle, and Roy tells him to freeze. And right at that moment, another old guy comes out of a side door. Roy shoots and kills him and Mr. Patterson shoots Roy in the arm and then he starts packing up files because I guess the hours he had to prepare earlier didn't give him enough Wasn't time enough, to get those yeah. files together. Uh, Marie does escape though we don't actually see her uh, we see her like like undoing the We see her ropes. trying to undoing her yeah trying to undo yeah. her rope so we just assume she does. I don't know if you noticed this so she runs out to Mark and she's like smiling while she's running out which yeah. it <laughs> it's, it's you know, she's a, and then what happens to her? Um, they catch her and just fucking punch her in the face. Like, holy shit. <laughs> they fucking clock her in the fucking face. They clock uh, Mark her. Is, Mark is very upset by that. Um, he gets kicked in the stomach, but he doesn't sell it at all. And then he, the guy who kicked him, he fucking breaks his arm and punches <laughs> him in the stomach until he dies. And then another thug, he, they take Marie, put her in a car and start to drive off. And then Mark flips over a car. Do you remember this part? Well, he does I, I, like I want to go, go back a second. Please. So, so when when so when Mark does does that, he goes he goes full fucking Bruce Lee on this guy. Yes. And like he does that fucking whole body shaking thing that Bruce Lee does. Yes. And it's like they hold on it for like just three seconds too long, but it's great. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, they load Marie into the car. Uh, Mark makes some Bruce Lee noise noises. <laughs> <laughs> they, he dodges she the off. car. Oh my god! This 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 movie. This yeah. This is the best this part, part is of so the movie. Great. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets so good at the end. So he flips like front flips over the the front of a car, gets in and drives off. But as he's like pulling out, it, we get a wide shot and we see that there's corpses all over the ground. And that's important because as he drives out, he drives over their corpses. <laughs> all you can see is the car go up and down as he's like fucking. Fucking amazing. Well, they're all dead. You can't kill him twice. Uh, so you might be wondering, what's what's going on with old Mr. Patterson? Well, Mr. Patterson is also trying to get into a car and drive off, but he has not uh, um, planned 
for Hurricane Roy. What does Roy do? <laughs> he underestimated Roy for sure. Uh, yeah. Roy uh, gets the drop on him and holds the gun to his head. And then <laughs> only, only guy in this movie is going to get the fucking drop on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, he gets a drop then, on him. Go ahead. And then he says uh, this, this. This fucking classic one. Hold it. Now turn off the car <laughs> and get out. <laughs> Turn off the car <laughs> and get out. So Patterson gets out. Uh, Roy pulls out some handcuffs and tells him to put them on. He goes Patterson full to, Clint Eastwood here. Yeah. Patterson tells him to go to hell. Roy says he's going to count to three and he's going to kill him. Um, Patterson eventually puts him on. Then what happens? I want you to explain everything that happens after <laughs> this. It is ludicrous what happens after this. Okay, so Patterson uh, is apparently um, the Incredible Hulk. Apparently so. And and just breaks the cl- the cuffs off of him. He says something to the effect of, I got you now, sucker. Yeah. Picks up his rifle yep. from the car. Uh-huh. <laughs> then what happens? <laughs> Roy stares at him. Um, and then we hear we hear an explosion. Now I thought that somebody else had just shot Patterson. That's off, what I thought. Someone, so it's like someone that we didn't think about that. Like, like one, one of the, the guardian, guardian angels. angels or something. Yeah. yeah. And we saw that, that, uh, that they, they had killed Mr. Patterson, but no, nope. that's not what happened. Mo, what no, happened? His, his fucking gun explodes and blows his fucking head up. <laughs> they actually show like his brain. Yeah. It's pretty ground. fucking twisted. I love it. <laughs> There's a great scene right after this too, where so so a car chase ensues. It's we got the bad guy with Marie in, in one car, and he tries to back into like a side street to hide from yeah. Mark. Yeah. But but Mark, as he's driving by, sees him and slams on the brakes. So the guy starts taking off the opposite direction. Right. And and we and 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 we know that Mark is still behind him. And there's this great moment. Where the guy checks his mirror and we get like a, like a, a I don't know if we get a, like a, a shot through his back window or if we get a shot of the mirror, but we see Mark chasing down the car in reverse. In reverse. It's great. We see him like drive, like actually drive a good bit in reverse going after him. Pretty, it's pretty fu- unique stuff. Like there's so much amazing shit that happens in this fucking movie. You know, like, man, I wish they had just done a better job of introducing Mark because yeah. Like I hated Mark for the first half hour of this movie because he was. Oh, well, you such thought an he asshole. was going to be the villain. I thought he was the fucking killer. <laughs> you know, but he turns out to be this fucking amazing badass. Oh my god! So th- then something, Mark is chasing him backwards. Mm-hmm. He's catching up to them, and then the thug just decides to do something that I don't quite understand. What does he do? Uh, he stops the car and he takes off on foot with Marie. On foot with Marie. And I don't know if that was the greatest idea in the world. No, no, definitely not. Why would not. he do that? Yeah. So Mark catches up with them and this dude threatens to break her neck. I just, uh, I should say, by the way, I think that I, it feels like there should have been a scene where like their car breaks down or something like something, that. Something, yeah. Just some something justification for them stopping the car because, or like he crashes into a tree or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mark catches uh, up with them. And the guy, the thug, who's wearing a mask, by the way, um, he says, I can do away with both of yous at the same time. Yeah. 
Then Marie bites his arm and kicks him. Yeah, Marie fucking away. Marie fucking uh, becomes a badass. Bite, bites his hand, gets away from him. You know, it's pretty fucking cool. Mark tells her to run away to the car, get the police, and now we get Mark versus the thug. And the thug has two sticks. Yeah, and uh, Mark is standing clubs, there. Yeah. yeah, clubs. That's right. Like um, like like police clubs. Uh, yeah, Billy tongue clubs. fars, but without the extra handle. Exactly. So uh, the thug has those. Mark trunches. His... That's the word. Mark has his game of death gear on, and what does he pull out out of <laughs> out of his tight fitting gear? Um, he breaks out nunchucks. Yeah. Now we've seen nunchucks. Yeah, we saw it earlier. We, we, didn't we get see we get a we get a we get a couple we get a little bit of uh, of a fight um, before he breaks out the nunchucks and the, he knocks the the clubs out of the dude's hand and then kind of backs up and like pulls the nunchucks up out of his pajamas. I like the part where he's like he's like showing off the nunchucks and he ends with them like between his legs for some reason. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. But I mean, they they have a pretty decent fight. You know, they have a good fight. Yeah, I like it. My favorite part is that he kicks Mark in the chest. The villain, the the thug does. Yeah. And Mark comes back, and his like his chest is all sliced up, like like in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Um. And you're like, what the hell? And then it re- it's revealed that the thug has cleats on. Yeah, he's wearing some kind of you know. Yeah, cleats is probably the best word. Yeah, for you know, it. Sp- he has spikes at the bottom yeah. of his fucking shoe. Um, and so that really pisses Mark off. So that's where he like breaks the guy's clubs in half and starts beating the fucking shit out of the guy with the nunchucks and with kicks. Um, and then he takes off the guy's shoe. What does he do with that? Oh my God. This is so good. Uh, he jumps up and just plants it right in the dude's fucking head. And we get, yeah. yeah. And we get a great shot of the bad guy's eyes going blurry. Like we get a POV shot. His eyes are going all blurry. Um, Mark goes fucking ham on the chucks again. Yeah. Uh, just fucking walloping the dude. And then we get another POV shot and it goes into like kaleidoscope vision yeah. because to make it look even more like a Bruce Lee movie. Right. And, and then, then here's, we get the big fucking reveal. The guy, he gets up and he's shaking off the, you know, all the stuff that's gone on and he takes his jacket off and because we're both idiots, we didn't realize immediately <laughs> that the guy has a big fucking shoulder wound <laughs> where Judy, sta- I mean, or where, uh, where Kathy stabbed him with the fucking knife. I don't know if I got the idea across. Not only am I an idiot for not recognizing it, I had forgotten that anyone killed his sister. I was like, well, Patterson's dead. Who else is there to fucking kill? Right? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that this guy, this guy who, who what, what made me question it was that this guy who's got the wound on his shoulder is a completely different build than the guy who did it at the beginning of the movie. You know, that was one of my big questions because that's one of the things that made me think it was Mark because the guy at the beginning is has more of a slender build. Right, But right. this guy's big. So once know. Mark recognizes that this is the gentleman who killed his sister, he was already beating the shit out of him. Well, now he decides to extra beat the shit out of him because he <laughs> drop kicks him and then starts punching him in the face. Yeah. So much that he gets exhausted from punching him in the face. <laughs> he has to grab his own fist to stop him from delivering the punches. <clears throat> and so after that, after he's hit the guy in the face like 30 times, he gets up. He's walking away. He's like exhausted. But the thug is still alive. And he reaches down for a knife in his boot, throws it at Mark's back. And by the way, that, it looks great how he yeah. throws the knife. And it goes into Mark's back. And then he pulls it out of his own back. Throws it back at the guy, and Blind. it goes right. 
blind and goes right through the guy's neck, killing him. And it's so the, the, fucking great. The, yeah, the fucking shot of the knife in the guy's neck is phenomenal. It's a, it's, I mean, it's a quick shot, but man, the effects that they did, like, it's really good. It's one of those things where it's a little bit shoddy, but in some ways, the fact that it's a little shoddy makes it look more real. Yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of off center, but it almost looks like it's gone through the skin yeah. in his neck. It, like a, it really does look great. And then Mark collapses and the camera pans up to the sky and we're like, oh no. And then it cuts to a graveyard, and I was like screaming and crying, Mo, watching my television set. <laughs> <laughs> or more accurately, my laptop. <laughs> right. And we get some uh, stirring music to lead us into the final scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, it goes on like that for a while. <laughs> I thought they were going to tease that Mark died, but they don't really because they show Mark there with Marie. Yeah. Um, and he's he's putting flowers on his sister's grave because he finally got the revenge that she so needed and also murdered 30 people. <laughs> it's a good thing he never went to the police. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's a really nice thing, even though it's very late in the movie to be doing this, where we get flashbacks of Mark as a kid piling is, up like bricks to he's smash. He's wearing the coolest fucking shirt ever. <laughs> What's his shirt? His shirt says Kung Fu King. Yes. <laughs> and like, I like yeah, that. Yeah, like you said, he's piling up bricks and, he, you know, and you notice that one of his hands is bandaged up. And he, so, like, you think he's, like, trying to, he's going to try to break these bricks with a wounded hand, and Judy comes in and stops him. I'm sorry, you were going to say something, and I cut you right off. No, all I was going to say is that she stops him and tries to drag him away, but as he's dragging, being dragged away, he kicks at the bricks, which I think is so funny. And then we see, like, them as adults, Mark's playing Frisbee with Marie and his sister and her husband. Uh, this all feels like stuff that should have been introduced, like, early into the right? movie. <laughs> Like, maybe a few flashbacks to show where his, like, martial arts expertise comes from. Right. Um, I will say that when they're playing Frisbee, I just made a note of it, that um, when his sister, she's, they, her and her, uh, sorry, his sister and her husband, they're, like, playfully, like, rolling around on the ground. But he mounts her in a really kind of strange, <laughs> domineering way. <laughs> and then it cuts to Mark. He's crying. He's placing the flowers down while that awful song is playing. It made me wonder if they decided to name that character Nero because they knew that there was a Nero headstone in that in that cemetery. They're like, oh, we could use this. That's pretty smart. Maybe, you know, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, Mark and Marie, they walk off together and it fades to black and it goes into the closing credits. That is the end of the movie, Mo. Blood did, and steel. Did you notice anything in the credits? Because I have one thing written down. Mo, you watched the credits. I watched the credits. I did watch the credits, and I did make some. Uh, did the I, only I did make one. some notes. What's your note? At the end, it says only a few actors really got hit by Mark during the making of this production, and that made me fucking cackle. That is so funny. Um, that part that you mentioned is like an addendum. Like 
there's a set of credits and then there's like a different style credits that play that includes that. By the way, right. that also after that little line, it says this film was made in and it just says, use your imagination. Use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in the earlier credits, there's also it says Mark Swetland personally gives his thanks to the cast crew and everyone who did, donated time and effort into this production. This film is dedicated to the memory of Bruce Lee. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that was Blood and Steel from the year 1990. Mo, uh, I feel like when you were messaging me as you were watching it, you had a certain amount of hesitation, maybe for the first 20 minutes, half hour or so of this movie. What are your final thoughts of the movie? Okay, if you can get through the first half hour, which is not bad, it's just not very exciting, you know, um, it, it definitely has a different tone than the rest of the movie is, but it's, it's fucking worth it. Like the first, you know, the first act is slow, but really once the second and third act get in there, like, and it just, it just keeps getting better and better and better. Like normally when I do these movies, I have to take a million fucking breaks from notes because, you know, taking notes is tiring yeah it, but, i mean look uh, listeners probably are like what, what's the big deal i take notes you gotta see the fucking notes that i mean i haven't looked at most notes lately but i know the kind of notes he takes yeah my notes i basically have to like stop the film every five minutes and just write everything down that happened yeah and like and i i tend to do like the cliff notes version of that so i probably i probably write about half of what you do but it's still a lot you know um also, I type for a living, so it's probably, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, and I hunt and peck, so it takes me fucking forever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a fast hunt and peck. I can type 40 words a minute, but, I mean, sure. it's, you know, it's still fairly slow. Anyway, um, yeah, so, but in this one, I I mean, I, I did take breaks, especially for that first half hour. Um, I found myself on YouTube a lot watching shorts you know, just to kind of like get my mind back into, you know, what it feels like to have dopamine. Um, but then, uh, but then once the action started and things started really picking up, like, no, this movie fucking rules. Like I'm, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a limb and say like, this is like, <sighs> maybe like a, 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 a rung or two below order of one, which everybody yeah. who has listened to the show for a while knows is probably my favorite low budget fucking action film of all time. This movie fucking the fact, ruled. The fact is there aren't a ton of micro budget action movies because no. it it right look it's it's an extra level of difficulty. You need to at least have one person who can convincingly fight on screen. This movie has multiple people and people who are like using every skill they had. Obviously they had access to a steel mill, they had access to a helicopter, access to a plane. That he must have called in a thousand favors to make this. And the fact is I hadn't heard about this movie at all until the, the like the last year and a half, two years right. or so i saw some reviews for it pop up, especially when uh sub Rosa put out, put it out on, uh, on DVD or Blu-ray. And when it started showing up on streaming sites and then I saw some reviews and I'm like, this deserves attention. This is like when we discovered now, now you can get bloody muscle builder in hell really easily on a special feature yeah. edition uh, from visual vengeance. But, you know, when we were covering it, it, it was available, but kind of in a limited manner. I love drawing attention to something like this, which deserves to be appreciated. I, I uh, love I, the yeah. fact that we have managed. I mean, really, I'll, I'll you know, I'm not going to take any of the fucking credits. Really, you. 
But the fact that, like, you know, we as an entity have managed to bring attention to a lot. Yeah, you know, to, to a bunch of movies. I mean, we don't have a we don't have a million fucking episodes. You know, we've got what, like a hundred and what? What episode are we on now? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly if you just keep talking for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the fact the fact of the matter is, is that in the this is episode one hundred and thirty. Okay, so in one hundred and thirty episodes, there's probably a good six, eight, ten movies that we've brought attention to. That like a lot of people didn't know really before, and like this, this that it's that sort of shit that really makes me like want to keep going. Yeah, sure, I took three fucking years off, but <laughs> you know, but I had a fucking mental breakdown, so you know, <laughs> so I I needed my time. It's this. It's both the sense of discovery and the sense of after that discovery, saying, "Look, you guys can appreciate this too. You guys can like this too." Let's right. like celebrate it. Let's let's you know. Not, don't reach out necessarily to the guy and tell him how much you love it. But I bet you there's you know there's ways to show appreciation for this by the work, support anything else they're doing um, when you can. And you know I I started this episode saying that I wanted to show that Sub Rosa puts out stuff that isn't just Zilla Foot level garbage, and this proves it. This is great. I I love the idea of rescuing underseen and underloved. Shot on video, right. uh, ultra low budget stuff, and putting it out in forms that people can access. And I love that the listeners right now, if they're listening to it, like, wow, Blood and Steel sounds great. Well, go over to Tubi.com right now and watch it. Yeah. You know, like, let's let's face facts. You know, we're a niche of a niche of a niche. And we know that. You know, horror movie in and of itself is a niche. Low budget horror movie is a niche of that niche. Micro budget cinema is a niche of that niche of that niche, you know, like we get that. So like we understand that like our audience isn't exactly fucking universal, but we fucking appreciate the fuck out of the people who do listen to the show, who do appreciate the movies that we cover. Most you of know. them. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate most of them. <laughs> Look, if you're listening, uh, let me reiterate, we're going to. Try to do this as often as we possibly can. Yeah. Still, the access to micro-budget and shot-on-video cinema is so easy and huge and accessible right now. I'm hoping that can help us. I hope that can help the listeners. Yeah. Um, on the next episode, we are still... We owe a movie. We owe someone from well before uh, we, uh, we finished recording three years ago. So we're going to look to do Captain Cosmotic. But I do think that for the movies that we're going to cover after that we are going to try to stick to ones that people can access, right? That there are ways for people to see, if not easily, then at least fairly easily. Yeah, it does kind of feel shitty to cover a movie that, like, 99% of the population will never have access to. 100%. Yeah. And also, I think it, it it's bad for us. Yeah. Because, uh, though I think <laughs> one of the things people enjoy about the show is that we walk through it step by step, I also like the idea that people when they eventually, if they eventually watch these movies, that they're thinking about some of the things that we talked about while they're watching it. Or right, right. Even those maniacs who might play the fucking episode that happens to go longer than the movie <laughs> along with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, without fail, I mean, we, we generally go a half an hour over over the, the length of the movie and we're, we're, well, about, we're about there now. <laughs> it just makes sense because you got to talk about everything that happens, which takes the time of the movie. Yeah. And then you have to comment on it, which takes the extra time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mo, what should people do if they want to listen to more episodes of No Budget Nightmares? Well, I mean, obviously you're, you're going to want to go over to nobudgetpodcast.com. 
You can uh, subscribe uh, on all your podcast providers of choice. Yeah. You can find No Budget Nightmares. And yeah, if you want to look at some of the older episodes, look through them, see what we've covered. It's over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. And Mo, it was uh, <laughs> laid dormant, just like the podcast itself, for quite a while. But we are relaunching the No Budget Nightmares Patreon Yeah, at Patreon.com slash No Budget Nightmares. Uh, it's completely revised, completely remastered. Uh, there's going to be some bonus content that's going to be available through there. Episodes are going to be available a week early. Uh, in retrospect, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode when people are actually listening as opposed to the end of the episode. But we'll be posting it on social media as well. Uh, I'm going to be posting my notes to the people who uh, subscribe. There are different levels. You can just get a shout out. You can get access early. You can get um, exclusive uh, uh, reveals of what movies that we're going to be covering next. You can get exclusive access to Mo and myself to ask us questions. Uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff. You can just check that out over at patreon.com slash nobudgetnightmares, and that's linked on the website as well. Yeah. And we never really mention it because we don't really use it, but we do have a uh, a Discord as well. Uh, that's, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm hoping that that can get more use uh, yeah, with, with Patreon I, I as well, like though the everyone idea, is invited. I, like, I really like the idea of us doing... Even if it's just like once every couple of months, if we did like a movie night where we did like a double feature of of some of the classic movies we've covered or or some low budget stuff that we haven't covered yet. You yeah, know, I love that idea. I'd Absolutely. love I'd we, love to get that going. But, but honestly, I'd like to, I'd like to get more people into the discord first. Well, we'll work on that. Uh, we'll put a link over on our Facebook group, yeah, which, by the I'll way, that's that. the most active place to find us, which is over at, if you do a search for No Budget Nightmares over on Facebook, you can join our group. There's actually always a lot going on, even during the pandemic. It was actually where we set up screenings at the beginning of yeah. the pandemic, uh, which were a lot of fun and lots of opportunities for that. And we'll link the Discord in there. You can also follow No Budget Nightmares uh, on Twitter at uh, No Budget. Yeah, I'm not going to call it X at No Budget Podcast on there as well. Yeah, I've pretty much given up on there myself. So, well, uh, I got banned there from there forever, as I like to mention on all of my podcasts. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still, uh, I will update with uh, any notable stuff over there. But really, the best place to find us is over on the Facebook, the Facebook group. group. Yeah, for sure. Or just contact us directly through the website. Yell at us, uh, threaten us with lawsuits, whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, yeah, do all of that. <laughs> the usual. The usual. Uh, Mo, I think that's it. For now, yeah, uh, we've covered everything that we can possibly cover in regards to Blood and Steel. Once again, we'll also link in the show notes of this episode where you can find that. Uh, you can also purchase it, of course, through Subrosa Studios. But I think uh, I think it's it's time to wrap things up. I should say so. <laughs> I can't remember who wraps it up. I think you're, I you're the one who says good night. Yeah, good night, everybody. Say it. Good, good night, night, everybody. Turn off the car and get out. <laughs>